hey, it's the Productize Podcast. My name is Brian Castle. Thank you for tuning in today. You're going to hear my conversation with Janet Kapadar. She followed a pretty similar path to the one that I took and that I think many people have taken going from leaving a full-time job into going freelance on your own, doing kind of generalized consulting work, but then pretty quickly transitioning into a productized service model, which has allowed her to grow and scale up her team. So she focuses on the online courses, online membership, online training space. Her clients and the people who kind of follow her work are anyone who needs to launch, set up, maintain, grow their online training. And so it was really interesting to hear how Janet learned how to delegate, how to how to streamline, how to focus in on her most ideal customer, and then how she began to grow her team beyond just herself. And she's made a lot of strides in there. And she's really followed along in the same path that I think most of the people who've gone through the productized course have and the coaching and the community. And so it's pretty common story, pretty common thread, but of course, always inspiring. So here, without further ado, here's my conversation with Janet Kapadar. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Janet Kapadar. How are you, Janet? I'm good. Thanks, Brian. How are you? Yeah, thanks. Great to uh, talk to you again. And I'm excited to kind of dig into your story here. Of course, you run your site at JanetKapadar.com. We'll link it up in the show notes. So yeah, I mean, how do you kind of describe what you do today? Yeah, so I would call myself, well, actually, my clients call me the course midwife. So I basically (laughs) help my clients create online courses and birth their ideas. Um, So I do that in a few different ways uh, through um, done for you service, but also um, developing membership sites and putting course platforms together and setting up all the tech stuff, as well as um, doing like e-learning consulting for SMEs and not-for-profits as well. So it kind of goes across the board as the different types of people that I help, but it's pretty much all the same, like all the same thing. (laughs) Very cool. So if I had to kind of boil down what you do, you're like the e-learning or online courses person. If, person. if somebody, yeah. if you're trying to launch a course or run a course online or do any sort of teaching online, you can basically help people put that all together right. piece by piece. That's right. Exactly right. So if you're exactly what you said, if you're looking to create an online course or um, set up a membership site, you know, with some form of like recurring revenue model, then really I'm the person to turn to for that. But then also when it comes to the course content side of things, some people really struggle with that. I also help them like kind of unpick their idea and kind of get their idea out of their head and put it down on paper in a way that actually helps someone get to an outcome, gets to a, an objective at the end of it. So, um, so I also help with the course content side of things as well, as well as the tech side. Awesome. So we're gonna. So today we're gonna really kind of jump back and hear your story of how you started out and how you've evolved and started to productize this service and really make a lot of. Product progress with it. But you know, before we jump backwards, I just want to get a clear sense of like what it looks like today. So are you working solo on this or do you have a team? Yeah, so I have a team. So I have two other people that work with me and they are part-time and then there's myself. And so what we do is we have a couple of different offerings, um, but our main, the main one that we offer is a done for you service where we fully take over. I help the client with the course content and the development of that, you know, helping them 
get all of that streamlined and getting everything down on paper and helping them with the slide development or worksheets, whatever that is. And then my team really take over the development side. So the technical side and the setup and the implementation. So that's pretty much how we're set up today. Just a small, small, robust team. And I think it's helped because we do have a productized service takes the headache out of figuring out what to do and I really have been quite uh, quite strict on who I take on for that very reason because I just wanted to make sure want to make sure that I'm working with the right people that I can help and that also doesn't overload you know us as a team as well and kind of put us in the wrong place or take on you know the wrong type of client who isn't quite ready to create their course that's a you know client readiness is is a big one for us so um yeah that's pretty much how we look at, at the moment that's a really good point. I definitely want to dig into how you kind of define that ideal customer and how you go through that process. So just again, just to get a, a clear sense of what it looks like today. So you're based in Australia. Mm, yes, um, that's right. So I am and, from London, but I live in Australia. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so, so yeah, so those who kind of mix up your, your accent. Uh, yes, that's why it's totally screwed it, up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. uh, so your, your teammates, are, are they near you in, in Australia? No, no. So I have a virtual team and they're in the Philippines. They're actually hired through um, Barbara Turley's um, business, the Virtual Hub, who you have Ah, before. Yeah. So so I have two VAs through her company. Great. And so your clients, what does your client base look like? like? Are they all over the world? Are they local? And like, how many different clients do you work with at a time? Can you give us like a, a picture of that? Yeah, absolutely. So really, they are all over. (laughs) I have a few clients, I think probably over the last four years, I've had maybe four, five clients in Australia. (laughs) And the rest have been either in the US or UK, Canada, New Zealand as well. Um, just all over the place. So I don't have any local clients. And it's quite funny when I go to, um, I went to an event in Sydney and was talking to a couple of people. They said, oh, yeah, whereabouts are your clients based? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got some in Canada. And it is quite, for someone who doesn't have an online business, it is quite a mind-blowing thing. Like, oh, oh, I know. Wow. How did you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's quite easy. But then, you know, if it seems easy for me, but for them, it's like, oh, my God. You know, for people who, it's so true. Like people listening to this, I'm sure we're all like, oh yeah, of course we know Slack, we know Zoom, Skype, like that stuff is normal day to day. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I was at Thanksgiving dinner last week with my family and telling them that my team, you know, we, and they're just based around the U S most of them but in different states across the US and they're, they're just blown away. Like their, their yeah. mind is blown. Like they don't understand. Like, how do you like not, you know, how do you work in your sweatpants every day? You know, they yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how is that even possible? It's like, it, it's still, I, even my husband still, you know, it's the same thing. You know, he sees me talking to my computer and he's like, who are you talking to? Like, this is really, it's quite right. strange, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much. So in terms of your client base, as, as you talked about, it's, it's folks who are kind of launching a, an online course or they kind of run an online course. So I'm, I'm a little bit curious about how your service packages break down. And, and again, we'll, we'll then jump back into how you've evolved into this, but like, what does it look like today? Like, is it a typically a one-time project where somebody wants you guys to help them build and then launch their course and then it's done? Or is there like an ongoing recurring aspect to it? 
Yes, so um, it's just done on a project basis and for our main one. So our main done-for-you service takes care of all the content development side of things as well as the technical design and setup of their course platform, whichever one they decide to choose. And with that package, that's just done on a project basis. And what I found is that works the best for me. Like by the end of it, I'm like, oh, yay, it's done. Go into the world (laughs) go fly beautiful bird. (laughs) I'm I'm done with it. I don't, I don't want to see it anymore. Not in a bad way, but I feel that's how I work best. And then another package that I have is a membership site and online course development package, which is just really much just setting up their, whatever they decide to use, whether it's a WordPress plugin or a ClickFunnels. Um, I use ClickFunnels quite a bit, ClickFunnels membership site or one of the other plug and play platforms, just setting that up because those are really for the people who have all of their content, but they just, as they always say, I'm not techie, you know? And then that's, and so we just go in, we just go and set it up all for them and show them how it works and what they need and how it works specifically for them. And so with that, I have found that, and I have added like a support to that. And that goes for about, two to three months or so and that works well for that specific type of person because they need that support and someone to you know ask a question or bounce an idea off even though you know a lot of these tools have great support but specific to what I've set up for them they found that really beneficial and that normally lasts for about three months or so I don't you know if they want to keep going then that's fine but we I normally find that after about three months they're like okay I feel good at this I'm happy with it I know what I'm doing I don't need yep. any further support and that's cool and that's totally fine yeah um, you know a, a lot of people kind of getting into productized services they they often limit themselves I think in a way because they feel like they have to go to some sort of recurring retainer model. Mm. But I, I really think that the one-time project, there's still a lot of value oh, to yeah. be had on, on both sides there, both for you and your team and for the client, obviously, because you know there's a lot of value. When, like when you're solving a problem that is just project-based, that isn't necessarily ongoing, they just need this thing built. You can, of course, kind of capture the lifetime value all in one shot and they can kind of you know, get the value all up front. But then I'm sure there's some opportunity for repeat sales and like launching a yeah. second course and that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. And what I found with the project based, uh, you know, the done for you project package that I have is that most of the time they do end up coming back. So when they're looking to relaunch it, they either want to change something or use a different tool. And then, you know, that has happened where, you know, some clients have had to move platforms altogether. So that's a whole big like migration um, that we kind of take over for them. So or they want to update the content or whatever it is. So I do find that once I do work with them, it's not like I've lost them and they've gone, but they do tend to come back. And I, you know, as a team, we do really pride ourselves on doing great work and making sure that we deliver to a high standard. And so, so yeah, so that, so it works out well. Like I, I don't think anyone should really limit themselves and think, Oh my God, you know, it has to be recurring. Like don't cut yourself off there. Just see how yep. it goes for now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned a few tools that how you use like ClickFunnels and a few other things. Like, th- mm. do you kind of specialize in one or do you generally recommend one to your clients? I know that a lot of people have like built entire services just on the back of a popular tool like mm. ClickFunnels. Have you gone that yeah. route? Yeah. So I did do that initially. And the funny thing is that was the service when I purchase the course from you that was the service that I wanted to productize and the funny thing is I kind of left that because 
business really picked up with the other package that I had, the done for you one, it was really big, you know. And so I had to just hit the ground running and just like, okay, right, we've got like five clients all at once, like it all in one go. And so I really need to kind of like steady the ships, so to speak, <laughs> and start putting in some better systems. But yeah, so um, so we have, um, we do use ClickFunnels, but I'm not, um, I don't like pushing my clients into certain tools. I've, I'm nerdy enough that I've used almost all of them, broken almost all of them. And so I know what their capabilities are. So I really try and make sure that I find the right fit for that person's business so that they can use it to either scale up or depending what the, depending on what their objectives are. But um, yeah, we have tried to kind of branch out a little bit and um, use different tools. But I found that, funny enough, that ClickFunnels is a really good entry point most people purchase the template from me. And then from there, they're like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And then that's when we actually get to talk about what they really want and find the best tool for them. So yeah, it seems to have worked quite well for me in that respect. Got it. And so you sell a template, is that specifically for ClickFunnels or? Yeah, specifically for ClickFunnels, but it doesn't mean that that's what we end up using for them. It's really, you know, trying to find the best fit for them. Sometimes they end up using Teachable. Sometimes they want to have a WordPress plugin, uh, use a WordPress plugin or like Ambition Ally or something like that. But it's funny. It's, it just comes in at a great entry point because that's what people think they need. But then once they get in there, they're like, oh, I don't know yeah. if this does what I really need. So yes, <laughs> it's yeah, quite strange. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's a good uh, kind of, you know, lead or entry point right there. So, all yeah. right. So let's go back into your story. I mean, uh, why don't we kind of go like way back? So did you say you were from UK originally? Yes. Yeah. So born in the UK, um, lived there up until, oh my goodness, up until uh, eight years ago. So I've been living in Australia for eight years now. And prior to that, my experience has been in marketing communications, advertising, worked for an advertising agency. I worked for brand communication. So it's really varied. And then when I came out here, I thought I really just want to kind of get out of that space. I want to do something totally different. What led to the move? And my husband got a job out here. So then we had to up sticks <laughs> and nice. move. Um, and, so, yeah, and was that the time that you left the job and went out on your own or? No, no. So when I moved out here, I found myself a job and I worked for a management consultancy that did a lot of training and learning and development with government agencies here and also the private sector, but mostly government agencies. I'm in Canberra, which is the capital, so we're surrounded by (laughs) government buildings. It's a bit like Washington. So yeah, so that's who I worked for. And I found that I just loved it. It was so different to what I had been doing before, you know, working in advertising and marketing communications. Um, but it still had the same kind of elements. You know, you're still trying to trying to get people to an outcome or still trying to get them to perform an action or whatever it is. Um, but I really enjoyed that. And that's where it kind of stemmed from. I did that for about three years and then I um, had my son. And then when I had him, I was like, I can't go back to work. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. This is just, this is not going to work. Even though I had you know, a great boss and she was very flexible, but it just didn't work for me. And I think one of the things that really, you know, pissed me off the most <laughs> about that was that it was a small business 
and they were raking it in. And then I would, you know, look at my pay packet. I was like, uh, this doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is this is not on. And I think in some ways, I think my boss at the time really inspired me to do what I do now and, and kind of go off on my own and, and do my own thing. So do give kind of credit to her <laughs> in that yeah. respect. And so, yeah, so I went off on my own. And, and that was about started. three years ago? Uh, yeah, about three, almost four years ago now. And, and so, so what was like, so when you left that position, what was kind of your plan from there before you even uh, You know what? I didn't, I didn't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have one. <laughs> awesome. I just kind of fumbled together. I, at the very, very, very beginning, I did a bit of VA work and just trying to find my feet and trying to work out what we work that didn't work at all because I ended up having to go to sleep school with my son he wasn't sleeping I wasn't sleeping I was trying to serve Mm. clients in Canada it was a whole mess so that just didn't work I did that for a couple of months and once I tried to get back on my feet and work out what I was doing I really stumbled in more into the kind of online space and you know kind of developing at the time then it was more like info products and stuff and it was interesting because I was really shocked at the quality that was being put out I'd come from a background of creating really high level really high quality training for you know execs and uh, for leaders and top and um, uh, government departments and so I was like oh crumbs this can't be right (laughs) so so you're kind of going like you're kind of searching around and finding courses Mm. and and people who are selling Mm. courses info products that interest you that that kind of look like they could really help where you're at and then you purchase a couple of them and you find that the quality is just not there yeah that's right and I just I I feel like we've all gone through that and I've certainly seen that myself for sure yeah Um, you know, with various courses, especially like, you know, pretty high priced ones. And once you get Mm. inside, it's like everything on the front end is so perfected and and really dialed in. And then once you kind of purchase and get inside and you see this with big companies too. I mean, like my insurance company, like they've got slick television commercials, but then once you're in the account, you can't actually do anything. But uh, <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly right, and and that's yeah. just oh god, that's a nightmare. Don't even get me started on something like that. But I know <laughs> what you mean, and yeah, um, yeah it's uh, once I kind of did go down that kind of rabbit hole. And I just bought them just to kind of see, like, so what's this person doing? But they would have the best marketing, you know, just saying all the right words and then get inside like, oh, God, that's deflating, you know? And so that was really how my business was born (laughs) out of that kind of, and I could see it. There was no one really talking about, you know, how to help someone create a course or what tools to use or really guiding someone through the process of um, going down this path because it's a big project and it's not something that you can you can do it on your own, obviously, um, but it's, um, I think people underestimate how much time it takes to complete it. You know, you're so right about that. And I feel like online courses or selling like an ebook, something like that, info products in general, I feel like there are a lot of people, not that people shouldn't do it and not that it's not worth doing, but you're right. So many people underestimate how much work and time goes into it, but also mm-hmm. how much it, like how much strategy it takes to really make an effective course that will actually help someone achieve yeah. an outcome. And I've certainly kind of learned that the hard way and I'm still learning that for sure. Mm. You know, I'm constantly going through like with the productized course, 
I launched the first one back in 2014. I did a small update in 2016, and now I'm completely rebuilding it for 2018. And it's this constant iteration process of making sure that what you're teaching is actually step-by-step rather than just kind of a brain dump. Um, Because that's so easy for people to just kind of talk about what they know, but Mm. in order to package it into an actual useful program that somebody can follow, it really takes a lot more. It takes a lot more. And I think that kind of comes back to what I said earlier about making sure that we're working with the right clients, because it's my job to make sure that the people that I work with want to create something that really truly helps someone get to an outcome. Like I'm not interested if they want to create a course, you know, just because it's going to, you know, they want to reach a certain mark in their business for vanity purposes. And what I mean by that is, oh, I want to, you know, I want to have a, a 10K launch program or whatever it is. I'm like, well, that's all, it's unlikely going to happen first time around, just going to give it to you straight. Um, yep. So, you know, we're creating this course for you to develop and change and evolve over time. I think of it as like, you know, the greatest paintings of all time. You know, they weren't created over you know, in a year for some of those, you know, amazing paintings were done over 10 years or, you know, even like 15 years span. And then they thought, okay, you know what, it's finished. So if you kind of come at it, it come as come at course creation and creating something that will really help someone at it from that perspective, you'll realize that, oh, it's not just a one and, oh, it's done, it's finished. And I can be sipping margaritas on, you know, Bahamas. Right. It doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's work. <laughs> so you kind of identify this gap. You see that there are a lot of uh, low quality courses out there. A lot of people struggling mm. with even how to start creating a course. Like what mm. was your first step? How, so you identify that gap or that need, like who's your first paying client? My first paying client, um, God, let me think now. It was, I offered, and I think I just did this in a Facebook group. I put together a 90 minute session for people just who needed help with their course. Cause I kept seeing the same question come up. I'm like, how do I get started? Or what do I do? And how do I put this on paper? How do so I just, actually let, let me stop you there. Like, <laughs> so you found a Facebook group of people who yes. are interested in online courses and that's where you kind of started to identify other people out there in the market who are ha- yeah, struggling so with it, this. Yeah. It, you know what? It wasn't a, they weren't interested so much. Like the group wasn't about course creation. It was like a female entrepreneurs, like businessy type of group. So people who were mm-hmm. looking to build their businesses, probably it's same, maybe, maybe a little bit further along than I was at that stage. And so what happened was I just posted in that group and said, Hey, who wants a, you know, 90 minutes with me kind of gave them a bit of my background. Um, you know, it's just a one-on-one session. We'll go through and I'll help you kind of unpack your course. And I did that for about six months and it sold like hotcakes. Like it, I just kept doing it. I just kept posting in the group week after week, doing the same thing. I think I sold the, the sessions for one ninety nine for a 90-minute session with me. And I think that for me, that was the best six months of my business because I was really able to uh, find out exactly what people were struggling with, like what they needed, the words that they were using, why it was a struggle for them, like the hangups that they would have. And And they're proving it with with their wallet, right? Like, so are you just literally like posting to the group saying, uh, (laughs) 
like this is like this is kind of the price this is my email address yeah. or this is my website to book it and that's it i didn't even have a website at that time like i didn't have anything like i, I had a facebook page so people would come to the facebook page um i had an email list on mailchimp but that's it i didn't have an opt-in or anything like that i really just got started a really bootleg <laughs> way of getting started but i'm curious because i know that a lot of people listening are probably in that same position as you were back mm. then like how did you get kind of strangers in this group to kind of trust you enough to pay 199 like how did you kind of mm. demonstrate that you are an expert yeah so i just kept posting in that group all the time so and i would comment on things that people were saying i was just around so right. this is the uh, you know four years ago before groups were like tens of thousands like they are now this is a small group i think it maybe had a thousand people in it or so. And so I just was in there posting things that I thought might be helpful, like quotes or it was nothing really around course creation. Every now and again, I would post something about course creation, but I didn't do it a lot. But the post that I did post in the group was quite long. It told people who I was and why they should trust me. And then that was it. And I think I just kind of, I think I got lucky. I think it was just I was there, right place, right time for a good six months or so. And it just helped people out. <laughs> Honestly, so, I don't think there's any special source. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. And I've seen that. I've actually seen it work really well for people kind of trying out a, an idea for a service, mm. just offering it for free. Just saying like, hey, for the first yeah, five people, yeah. I want to do this for free. And just in, in exchange for your feedback, you know. Yeah. But you had actually had people paying for your time and talking to you. So what did you learn yeah. out of those 90-minute sessions? Oh my goodness. It was a real eye opener because people didn't re uh, the real struggle that I found was that there were two main areas. One is they couldn't get what they wanted to say onto paper. So, you know, they're really experienced already and, but putting it down on paper or putting it in a slide format or actually putting it in a way that someone will learn was the biggest hang up. Then there was, you know, how to, which kind of falls into the same thing, how to outline it, you know, how many modules should it be? How many lessons should I include? Should I include this? Should I include that? That was also an issue. But then, you know, four years ago, the technology for online courses was a little bit clunky. So that mm -hmm. was a whole other, you know, you know, half right. of the call would be talking about that and what would work best. Um, at that stage, I didn't know too much about some of the platforms. So I kind of made it my duty. So it worked well for them. Um, I would make it my duty to go and find out and then report back to them even after the call. So that kind of educated me and also educated them as well. So um, my mom is a, or she was a, a teacher for many years, a professor, and then she did some corporate training. And one kind of lesson that she sent across to me was just that, you know, when you have to teach it, that's when you really learn it. And so if it's your job or, or if people depend on you to kind of walk them through it or for you to do it for them or for you to teach it, you know, you're really going to get to the bottom of it and figure out all the ins and outs so that you can confidently do it, but also answer any questions about it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and I think, yeah, that's how I was able to teach myself and kind of get going with that. I think I was a, a, one of the early testers for Teachable when it first came out. So that was also really good. And I saw it kind of just evolve over time over the last four years, four or five, four years or so that they've been doing that Teachable has been around. So that when it started, oh my God, it looks nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like it does and were, now. So, were yeah. people like during these sessions, like were you focused on the nuts and bolts of 
creating and building and launching the course itself? Or were people also asking you about like, how do I market this? How do I do the launch mm. sequence? How, like that yeah. sort of stuff? So people were asking me about that and, and still even to this day, they still ask about that. And I say, that's not my area of expertise. That's not what I'm here to help you do because it's a big machine. Like I can't, I can't take on someone's marketing and helping them launch as well as the course creation and setting up the, you know, working on the course and setting up the tools and all that's really, it's just too much. So yeah, so they were talking about that a lot and asking those questions, but it's still to this day, not an area that I focus on. Yeah. I think that's really smart to kind of focus in and and just really carve out your niche in the whole process, you know, and and really position yourself as like, look, this is the specific problem that I Mm -hmm. solve the the setup and the delivery of of the course. And, you know, there are plenty of other resources for the marketing side of it. Yeah. And the rate that kind of comes back again to working with the right people. So when I, the clients that I work with, obviously they are creating their course before they market it, but They've been working and doing what they have been for long enough that they know that the course will solve a problem for people. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the marketing and promotion side of things, they know what they can do to be able to set it up and get it going. And then they can just tweak things along the way. I'm really clear with them that, you know, the marketing side of things won't happen overnight. And it's not going to be something where you can just be like magically see things, you know, happen. It's going to take time and you're going to have to give yourself that time to tweak it and change it. It's not like what marketers say like oh you know it's gonna happen in 30 days no right (laughs) it's not (laughs) so um so coming out of these 90 minute sessions uh you're Mm. learning a lot you're hearing a lot of problems and gaps and pain points and and Mm. frustrations so like how do you start to translate that into additional services or larger projects yeah yeah so i that kind of moved on to kind of doing a bit of mentoring and helping people through the process but what i found was that for my own, you know, for me, I just, I couldn't help. I just wanted to get in there and try and fix yeah, it. So like, so your first approach was like here done with you or kind of direct yeah, you, yeah, coach you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the done for you that really. Yeah. Works. Because I found that it with that kind of offer, I think it was like a eight weeks or so would help them create the course and, you know, we'd jump on calls and stuff. But over that period of time, I just saw my clients kind of participation and their desire to get it finished just plummet because things take over other things are a priority and as much as they wanted to get the course out there and finish just didn't have the time to dedicate to sit down and do it you know we're just kind of doing it in between things and kind of here there and everywhere so and for me I was like oh my god I just want to see it finished because I know how good it is I know how it will help people so did you, that's when like how did you price that oh like the god. Eight, that eight uh, week uh kind of coaching thing was it are they paying like upfront for the whole thing yeah then, so they yeah. so I think I had two options they could have the option to pay up front and I think that was now I can't remember. I think it was fifteen hundred for the eight weeks. They could pay up front altogether, and then I think it was seventeen hundred spread out. You know, they over three payments, mm-hmm. but most people paid um, up front. So that worked out well, and I did sell quite a lot of those, but um, it just didn't work for me. And yeah. I just and I don't feel that, that I'm I'm not a coach coach. Like I'm not that type. I just want to get in and do it. <laughs> like, yep. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> so so, um, so then how did you make that adjustment? 
Yeah. So with the clients that I did have, so the couple that I had left, I just said to them, do you want me to do this for you? <laughs> and and they're, they're like, like uh, yes, please. Yeah, of course. And I said, you know, there'll be, um, I think I'd charge them an extra thousand dollars, which is like nothing, but I got it done within, you know, I think 60 days or something. And it was just me. And when and you say I do realized, it for them, like, what are you doing there? Like, is it the actual creation of the content or is it like yeah, you take so the, their content and set it up? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're taking their content. And so I, what I would get them to do is I'd get them to record themselves talking to a blank slide deck. So I'd say, put your content onto a blank slide. I don't care how many slides it is. You just tell me um, how you, know, you just talk over that. So what, I, what I'm doing then is then taking their content and then I'm putting their slides together, making sure it's engaging, making sure that it has, you know, the right outcome. And it's good because then they also add notes as well inside that recording. And then from there, I hand it back to them. They're blown away. They then record it. And then it keeps happening for each, you know, each lesson. And for me, you may think, oh, my God, you know, that's a lot. But one of the key things when I'm working with my clients is that we keep those videos short. It doesn't need to be long. Uh, the reason that they're working with me is to help them, you know, obviously get that content um, huh. concise, straight to the point, making sure that it's meeting people where they are. And we're not you know, rambling for ages, even though I'm a rambler myself. But, um, yeah. but it's, but it's straight to, to like, the point. Do you have to work with them a lot even before they start recording those blank slides, just on the outline? and the? Yes, and yes. The, so before yeah. we even get there, yeah, we work on the outline and what they're going to say. And we don't have a script for that. You know, we just have bullet points that we're talking to. So when I'm telling them, okay, this is, I need you to record it and record over these slides, you're talking to these bullet points that we've said and, you know, this is what they're going to learn. This is the outcome that they'll get at the end of this lesson and how it ties into the next one. That real seamless flow is something that it's really important to me because people watch lessons and modules at different times and not in order. So it's important that you're referencing something that happened before or something that will be coming up so that they have an idea of what the bigger picture is. So those are the things that we kind of cover yeah. during that time. And I help them with that slide creation side of it. So just listening to this, like it just sounds like a lot of work and a lot of, mm. uh, a lot of different steps, a lot of different pieces that all need to come together between just the overall topic, the planning, the mm. outline, doing the recordings back and forth, doing the slides, putting it all together, mm. then setting up the course mm. site and membership. So for folks listening, like, how did you go from all that work into a more stream? How did you start to streamline that and, like, and make it so that like, one project isn't completely different from the next? Yeah. Um, so th one thing we did to do or I had to do was get clear on who it was that we were working with. So at the beginning, you know, you're working with people who are literally just starting out with their business and want to create a course. This service just doesn't work for them. Uh, but what I found was that the perfect client for us is people that have been doing this for a long time. So they tend to be in the health and wellness space. They've been either, you know, or a relationship coach. They've been doing this for a long time, got heaps of um, background knowledge. They've either been doing what they normally do in their practice, but now they want to put it online to get themselves more leverage in their business because they just can't keep working, doing the same amount of work. And what I also realized is that these people have full days, like the full eight, nine hour days of seeing clients. So when they were coming to I mean, originally when they were coming to sit down and do their course content, they just couldn't, they just couldn't do it. It just, it wasn't there. So that was the reason why I had to step in. And um, mm -hmm. so once I got really clear on who the ideal client was, then it made it really 
easy for me to meet them exactly where they are. Like I know what they're struggling with. I know what their day's like. I know roughly when I'll likely get a response from them. And I knew how to kind of, I just broke everything down into three main stages. And also preparing the client as well, as much as possible before we even get on the call, you know, have our first like consulting call together was also really important. So kind of having a bit of a onboarding this is what it's going to look like this is what's going to happen this is what you can expect this is probably what you can expect in your family's life as well like being really clear about that setting up those expectations like let your family know that this is what's going on like next three months is probably going to be a bit rough (laughs) get clean if you need one like that that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah the you know that onboarding process for clients coming into a done-for-you service is Mm. so important and that's one of the biggest um because i've spent so much time both mm. myself and with my team at Audience Ops, just constantly refining that f- what the first month experience is for new clients. Because mm. um, what happens is like if you really knock it out of the park during the first 30 days or yeah. you know the first little while of working with the client, everything else from there on out just gets so much easier. And they're so much more likely to either stay, you know, subscribed if it's a retainer service or they're likely to, you know, repurchase from you or recommend yeah. your services. Just all these great things happen if you get yeah. that first month, just slam it out, out of the park. Yeah. But on the flip side, if things go wrong, even tiny things, like even if you make just tiny mistakes and, you know, it's a little bit bumpy in the first month, then it's like the opposite happens. Like they're going to start to look for reasons to want to cancel yeah. service or, you know, that's or not right. work with you again. And so, so that's so important. I mean, that's one of the things like as I'm, you know, rebuilding the productized course, that's one of the big lessons that wasn't fully in the first version that I'm going to mm. add an entire section just all about onboarding in this new version. So, yeah, um, I'd definitely include it. Like it's, I didn't, I think because I was going through it on my own, I just realized that they need to know all of this stuff. And I don't want to, I don't want to have to say it on the call, which is what was happening before, you know, we would have our first consult and then I would go through all this housekeeping stuff and all of this stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. They need to know this before they get on the call. They need to have this prepped, this available so I can see it and send me all the, anyway, all of that stuff before we meet so that when we get on the call we can just hit the ground running and so yeah and there's check-ins there and my assistants do do a lot of that setup I'm not really part of that onboarding process I just meet them on the call got it and so when you when you started to really focus in on that ideal customer and you know who's not your ideal customer what were kind of your next steps from the marketing side of things for your business like how did you start to get more leads in the door was it still just kind of like networking in these groups or, or did you go beyond that God, it's, um, it's really funny. I really wish I had like, oh yeah, this happened. <laughs> but I think it was um, a series of different things. I think at that point, uh, this is when I was starting to kind of systemize this a little bit more. And I had, you know, like a rush. I don't know what happened. Like clients came from everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> I need to sort this out. And Is it just kind then, of uh, referrals from existing clients? It or just came people? from referrals. It came from YouTube. People have found my videos and then they'd reached mm. out or they heard that I did some work. with. It was just kind of like, it. I think, you know, two or three years of hard work could kind of all come together at the same time and um, it kind of come my way, which is great. So yeah, so that's pretty much how it worked. And from I a content... From like it's a okay. content marketing, you, you've so you've been creating like YouTube videos and that that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, that's been my most um, 
It's been my highest list building source, comes directly from there. But it's also been good because it's, I literally created them because my clients were asking me questions about how to do certain things. And so I would say to them like, hey, is it okay if I just record this and I just put it on YouTube? And like, yeah, sure, fine. So I'd fix it, whatever it was, and then I'd put it on YouTube. So some of them are like tech tutorials and other things were questions that my clients would ask me before that we would get on the call. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to create a video. i record that. that. That's yeah, great. And, exactly. I'm, and I'm sure that those so, those really help with uh, with search and people kind of searching for those yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much how I kind of build my list, and that's how where the marketing aspect of it comes from. I don't, I do have done, you know, Facebook ads and stuff like that, but yeah, they've been okay. But I've noticed that the quality of those people, for some reason, maybe it was the, the offer that I had or opt in that I had, wasn't quite as um, those leads aren't as I'm as good <laughs> yeah. for some I, reason. I, yeah. I think I've, I've seen that and I've certainly heard that from a lot of different business owners. I think just the thing is when people find you organically and they start to build that trust organically kind of on their terms without following an, an ad, not that ads mm. don't work or they mm. can't work, but I think there's just like an inherently a higher quality of audience member and lead and customer when they kind of find you yeah. organically, especially from a, from a so. referral. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And, and that's what I've found. And um, because people like go through my channel and then, then just like binge watch all of my videos, I'm like, oh my God, I love your videos. You know, it's so cool or whatever. And so that's great. So they kind of know me already before I even send them an email or anything like that, you know. So that's one, yep. one of the great benefits I do like about having that. So that's been my kind of marketing strategy. I do try and post it, kind of stopped a little bit now, but post every um, other week or once a month and it works works for me awesome so before we kind of wrap up i, I did just want to touch on bringing on the, your two Ooh. people on your team so because i know that there are a lot of folks in this audience who are completely solo and Ooh. maybe they want to stay solo or they don't necessarily want to have a large team but Ooh. they're doing everything themselves and it's kind of just dragging them down i've certainly been in that boat at different times in, in my career but what was your first step in bringing on like the first of those two people? Yeah. So Joseph was the first person that I brought on and um, he was just there to help me with the admin stuff in my business. So whilst I was busy working on clients, like there were other things that needed taken care of. I needed to move from my previous email service provider to another one, another email marketing one that needed taken care of. I just didn't have the time to do all of that stuff. Like things were just a little bit messy in my own business. I was busy creating courses for my clients and they're doing amazing, but mine was just like a hot mess and it's just a little bit crazy. So I really brought him on just to kind of help with that and kind of help with social media side of things where he helps out as well with the YouTube SEO stuff and actually the production of the videos. So yeah. that was his main job. Like that, I record it, that goes straight to him. He knows what he's looking for. And that's and so key too. I mean, you know, people who put out a lot of content or just do mm -hmm. a lot of things, you know, I, I mean, I hear this question a lot, like, you know, how are you doing so many things? And the answer is, you know, you have people who help to take mm -hmm. care of a lot of the production work. I mean, this podcast, like all I do is get on the call once a week. I record it, yeah. put the recording in Dropbox, and my editor yeah. just does the rest. He writes the show notes, yeah. he does the editing, puts it up, and, and everything else. And 
That's right, exactly. And so we had to build a process and a system around all of that so that I wasn't having to go back and check everything every five minutes. Like, if it doesn't look like this, it's wrong. Like, it needs to look like this or it needs to sound like this, whatever um, that kind of video production part is. I'd had to set up a process around it so that he knew what to do and I could just get on and focus on working with the clients. But then I got too busy again then, and I had my third child. So in between this, I have three kids. So this is all going on, and I'm kind of managing my family and kids and pregnancies and all that kind of stuff. So I had my third child, and then then I thought, I can't keep doing this. Like I, I I was actually getting a little bit burnt out and didn't know what to do and I was talking to a friend of mine I was like oh it's just I, I just want to go to sleep for like five days <laughs> like right. I'm so tired um and so she said you know why don't you just hire someone else and I thought oh hadn't actually thought about that like it just didn't even cross my mind like hey why don't you hire someone else to help you whilst you're trying to do all that stuff and then I tried to then I product basically productized the service properly then and I was just working on the consulting side of things and helping the clients with the outlines and everything else and so the second person that I hired was more of a project manager uh, doer like he was doing the implementing creation of the slides and all of that stuff setting up the platform and then the other person was dealing with the my business side of things so I was really just left to focus on just the consulting, getting them set up, getting the core of their content just right. And then it goes off to the rest of the team. And that's pretty much how it evolved. Like it didn't happen straight away. It was, it yeah. was truly an evolution. Just kind of build a, a like a system and a process, one small piece at a time and yeah. start to move, move that stuff off of your plate onto the plate yeah. of, of your people. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. The funny thing is it must've been about six months ago. I was sitting at my desk and it, oh, my son was asleep, and which is normally when I'd go and do a little bit of work in between then, or I'd have a call. I didn't have a call. I didn't have anything major that I needed to do. I was going, but I had that like sinking feeling of like, oh shit, I've missed something. Sorry, excuse my French. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've missed fine. something. Oh, there's, I, I need to follow up with this client. And I went into a site, and there was nothing that I needed urgently to do. Like everything had taken care of. And it was funny, it hit me. It's like, Ah, oh, so this is what it feels like, you right, know. Right. <laughs> I suppose I've been, you know, getting trying to, you know, set processes up and all of that stuff that I had forgotten that that's what I was trying to achieve all along. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't yeah. do anything. I just I went and had a coffee and I went and sat outside in the garden whilst my son was asleep. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. It, so, that yeah. is a truly rewarding, liberating feeling for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, for me, sometimes it's just like when we're traveling or you yeah. know, doing like a day of travel on a Tuesday or something where I, yeah. I can't get to the computer. It's like, yeah, you know what? The team is running with this stuff. And, yeah, and I know they got that it. things are getting done. And yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Awesome. So like, as we kind of wrap up here, like, where do you think this is going next? Like, do you expect to grow your team further? Do you like kind of the size that it's at now? And, I, I, yeah, I like the size that it's at. I don't really want to grow it any bigger. Um, yeah. uh, not just yet, especially with my kids being so small. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the way it is and it works and works for us. I think one thing I will do more of is do more of the consulting side of things. I really enjoy that. I'm working with a not-for-profit at the moment and helping them build a, 
uh, course platform for their um, members and they have like three four thousand members of mostly nurses so it's great because it's coming from a totally different industry and so yeah so I think more of the consulting side of things but I really I think I've become a bit of a process nerd like I really love it <laughs> yeah it's like once once you, you know so many people uh say that because it's like at first it's like oh this is boring and tedious and, yeah, and it takes yeah. so much longer to write these processes but then once you start to see it working and, oh, and yeah. you can actually have some freedom and you get to just focus on the parts of the work that you really enjoy and working with people that you enjoy that's where it becomes, you know, really, uh, that's where you get that return. Exactly right. Yeah, no, it's been the biggest. But one thing I will say, you know, to anyone that's listening, you know, if you do want to bring on someone to, you know, a team member or a part-time assistant or even someone to come in and help you, you've got to be prepared to train them. Like you've got to be prepared that it's not going to just happen. You have to become a better leader for a start. And then you have to know how to teach them your process or the way things are done. They will get it wrong initially, but you've got to have that patience to let them know like, it's okay, we'll go through, it's going to be rough, but we'll get there together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's a absolutely. really important thing. It's an investment up front, you know, not just in, you're not just paying someone money, but you're actually investing more of your own time up front to free yourself up a little bit down exactly. the road. Exactly yeah. right. Cool. So, Jana, this has been great. I know that uh, a lot of people listening are, are going to get a lot from this. Of course, folks can go check you out over at janetcafedar.com. We'll link that up in That's the show right. notes. Where else can people uh, connect with you? Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. Um, if you just type in Janet Cafedar, um, you'll find my YouTube channel up there at Course Creators TV. And you can check out my videos there. I have like little tech tutorials and reviews of online course platforms and even just uh, course strategy videos as well. So you can find me there. You can also find me on Facebook. But, you know, I think YouTube is probably the best place to find me and my content. I don't actually have all of my videos that are on, on my blog. So best go to YouTube. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Janice. Cool, no problem. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it. Hey, did you know that you can get all of these show notes and highlights and links for every new episode sent straight to your inbox by going to productizepodcast.com. Sign up for the email list. Yep, it's all there. And while you're at it, a five-star review on iTunes always helps the show find more listeners just like you and me. Okay, that does it for today. Late, 